Happy Friday. Welcome here to another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, we are with you here at the end of the week, every week on the Husker Online YouTube channel. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe to us. Uh, we produce this show every week as well as the Husker Online show. Um, in this show, we like to give you our top headlines here of the week, Steve Sipple. And, and let's get right to it. Headline number one here on Husker Online Headlines. Uh, I'm a preseason voter in the yes. Big Ten media poll. Um, I'm also a voter this year, again, in the official All Big Ten teams, as well as the top players to watch um, in the Big Ten conference. And uh, let's get right to it. I mean, the the Cleveland Plain Dealer puts out what's considered the official Big Ten poll. Then the Big Ten itself has its own thing they do where – you put down like your players to watch, but they don't actually rank the teams in that one. Mm -hmm. uh, they did away with that for whatever reason years ago, which has allowed the Cleveland Plain Dealer to do what they do. Um, but there's two voters from Nebraska on each of these things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I look at it right now. I mean, I, I'm fairly cut and dry with my ballot right now. Are you? What I'm going to do. Are you? I'm going Iowa 1 in the West. Smart. Wise. That's because the way to go. they're more structured and they they added, they replaced their weakness. I get the Brian Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz drama, mm. uh, but they're my pick in the, num in the West they, at number one. What, what do you mean they've replaced their weakness? Their quarterback. I've, we've had this discussion. I agree with you on the pick. I don't agree with your reasoning. That wasn't their weakness. You say offensive line. But All they, due respect. They had a quarterback that couldn't throw. Their offensive line was the problem. <clears throat> that was the problem. It made it really difficult. Uh, to run the ball. They didn't run the ball particularly well. It was not even close to what I was used to in terms of the offensive line. It made it so they couldn't run their offense. Go back and watch the Nebraska game. What the hell were they doing? I don't even know what they were doing half the time. Neither did Bush. I mean, they they weren't running Iowa's offense because um, they couldn't. Now, I, they, they definitely made a big move. Are they your pick in the West? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I just don't agree totally with your reasoning. But I agree that they they had made an upgrade at quarterback, Cade McNamara. I mean, he's, he led Michigan to the college football playoff. I they, They're going to have the – I don't know, Sean. Is there a better – I don't know how many tight end duels are better than Eric All and Luke Lachey. There can't be that many better than that. Lachey came on when Laporta was hurt, and I was like, man, Luke Lachey is maybe like the third or fourth best tight end in the Big Ten last year. Um, and here's, here's, here's the deal, Sean. This is what you can write when you get around to writing it. Their defense was number two in the country last year. I'm not sure. It could be better this year. Well, and they gave Ohio State fits. Now, Ohio State handled they them. They did. But they were a – you know what, towards Ohio. I mean, Ohio State was frustrated. Mm -hmm. they, they couldn't score in the red zone. That's why what Nebraska did on them I know. was pretty – I mean, you got to give Mark Whipple a lot of credit. Yeah. The way – everybody, everybody in the world knew Nebraska was going to try to throw deep to Trey Palmer, and Iowa still couldn't stop it. Yeah, they lost that corner early, right? They, they lost uh, Cooper DeGene early. But still, now that's what people are – our listeners, our viewers, are going to be like, simple. their defense wasn't that good. Look what Nebraska did against them. No, it was a good defense. It was an elite defense. Yeah, it was, thank you, Sean. And special teams. And they bring back Torrey Taylor uh, as their punter, one of the best punters in the country. So they have an elite defense. They have an elite punter. They, they add 
Cade McNamara. They add Eric all, they solved a lot of their problems and the skill positions. They still have, they still have that little receiver back. Ragoni. Yeah. He's been there since the Regani. big 10 started. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like I, he's like my age, Sean. And he's about my size. He played against like Western camp. Yeah. Western camp's getting married, by the way. Yeah. I, I, really? Congrats, Jordan. I, 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 he's got, I, I follow him on Facebook and they've been, they got a big wedding coming up. I don't know if it's this week. That'll be a big wedding. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Iowa. Now the question will be, did they solve their offensive line issues? The same group is basically back. Now I don't know if that's good news or bad news. They got a quarterback though, that can move. Yeah. Move the big pocket. Upgrade. Huge. Upgrade. I mean, they got a quarterback that played in a college football playoff game. Yeah. I'm not trying to make out that former quarterback to be, good he wasn't but i i i just thought their line was more of a problem than anything okay so my number two it's gotta be wisconsin. and so yeah wisconsin too and iowa i even look at crossovers crossovers is huge when you oh, yeah. picked it a bit oh yeah so obviously it's wisconsin or it's michigan ohio state penn state who do you got of those three well i only has penn state that's a pretty good draw that's a really good draw like okay you're gonna get one of those teams of them, yeah. they got the most favorable of the yeah, of the three they did. which is not, i mean they're all top 10 teams yeah um now, Wisconsin has um, my number two spot, and they only also play one of those three teams. I believe they, they drew Michigan, right? I'm not sure. Or Ohio State. I think they drew Ohio State. Nebraska drew Michigan. Um, so Wisconsin has one tough crossover game. They've got a really manageable non-conference. I still question, though, like that was, to me, last year, one of the worst, if not the worst, Wisconsin team we've seen since Nebraska's joined the Big Ten. Well, they're four and five in the Big Ten. Warren Fox. And they should have lost in Lincoln. I mean, right. like, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, running back, they hit, they hit the wheel route. They hit the one wheel route to win the game. And Nebraska wins that. If that wheel route, which beat the that Saints. was like a one out of 10 throw. Yeah. Beat the and, he, and he made it. Yeah. And that win, I mean, to throw the ball 30, 40 yards in that win that day was hard to do. So why don't you pick Wisconsin over Iowa? One reason might be new system, new, new coaches. systems. Yeah. New systems. Um, really different systems. They're gonna Phil Longo. There you go, Ohio State for Phil. Yeah, Phil Longo comes in with the air raid. Now, now, okay, it's a new system. It could be scary though because they have Tanner Mordecai, who's a gunslinger, and put up big numbers at SMU. And listen, so you're throwing the ball around, and then you can hand it to Braylon Allen or Ches Malusi. They don't have. I mean, that again, that might be a running back duo. There's not that many running back duos better than that. Braylon Allen could be a first-round pick. First-round pick is a running back. Malusi's really good. So they're scary. I think they're, they could be scary offensively. Defensively, I don't think they're scary. Can Braylon Allen stay healthy this year? Yeah, that's a good question. He was I mean, not healthy. When Lincoln. you run big and physical and upright like that in this league, yeah. it's yeah. hard to stay healthy. Yeah, and he wasn't healthy in Lincoln last year. No. I mean, he tapped out of that game multiple times, and the game changed every time he left. Yeah, yeah. And it changed every time he came back in. But yeah. you could see the pain he was running with. So they're my number two. I think number three is debatable, but I went Minnesota. I'm going to go Minnesota yeah. three. It's hard from, it's hard in the middle to pick them. Minnesota's got a tough schedule though. Illinois is my four. Okay. So Minnesota's your three. Illinois your four. And Nebraska's your five. And Nebraska's my five. And then, and then Purdue with yeah. new head coach Ryan Walters. They lost everybody's my six. No, they didn't lose everybody. Well, they lost a lot. They, they lost. They, they have Maccabee back, uh, who who almost who almost rushed for a thousand yards. Came just short. Remember Devin Maccabee? What a tough runner he was as a freshman. 
968 yards. They have not had a thousand yard rusher since since. What do you think? How long do you think it's been? <laughs> Mike Allstott. I was kidding. How do you think it's how long do you think it's been? 15 years. You nailed it. 2008. I don't know how you did so that. So pre-Nebraska. I don't know how you did that, but you just nailed it. 2008. 15 years. That's exactly right. Well, they've been really, I mean, Brom has been the highlight. I mean, they played for the title last year, but they lost a lot. They have a new transfer quarterback. They have a lot. They have some back. I mean, they have, they, you know, they lost Charlie Jones. They don't have that alpha receiver, but they have some receipt. They have everybody else back at receiver. They lost Payne Durham, but they really like their tight end. They have great outside linebackers. They, they remember how bad they were in the secondary. That's a, still a huge. And they have a good defensive coach. But I still think I'm putting them below Nebraska. Yeah. And that I game, so. that game's in Lincoln. Yeah, 100%. And then, I mean, come on, Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, if there was a ninth place, you'd move them to ninth. I mean, we'll talk about this a next, little, in, in a little but, bit. But I mean, I saw, I saw the Chicago Tribune raise the question of whether Northwestern should even field a team this year. It's being talked about. That's aggressive, though, because then would they forfeit their payouts? It's a great question. I mean, then you all these teams lose the ticket revenue, the the local economy revenue of those home game weekends. Come on, now. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that they, this seems like a bird brain take. I'm just just saying uh, the league would kick them out. The Chicago Tribune raised the question. Okay, they come to Lincoln this year. What do you tell all the Lincoln businesses? And is that our homecoming game? I mean, what is like? Like, oh, you're not having the game. That'd be one where you could like try to schedule Bethune Cookman. <laughs> be about the same opponent, right? And I, I laugh the Northwestern will beat Nebraska. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not gonna say that, but yeah. um, okay. I want to go through the the East real quick here. I'm just east. gonna I'm gonna fire through what I got right now. Number one, Michigan. You got to go, Michigan. Yes, you do. I mean, they've played in the playoff twice in a row. They've owned Ohio State. Number two, Ohio State. I think they're both playoff caliber teams. There's really no way, in my opinion, the Big Ten can get. Three. I mean, I think those two the, those two teams could be playoff teams. I think Penn State's a wild card. They could play themselves in, but they're your three. Mm-hmm. I think when you start getting to four, five, six, seven, that's where it does get debatable. Yeah, it sure does. And I think I'm going to make a case that Maryland's my four. I like that. Michigan is my five. Michigan State. State Michigan State's my right. five. Rutgers is my six, and Indiana's my seven. That's good. That's perfect. Michigan – I mean, the, the writer for Michigan, the on-three writer for Michigan, whose name's escaped me right now at a bad time. Chris Ballas. Thank He was great, by the way. The man. Yeah, he's great. And Ballas said a couple things that were really, really stopped me in my tracks. And one was depth across the board. They feel like Michigan's second team could beat Big Ten teams. That would, that would, it would fare, if, if Michigan sent its second units out, it would fare well against some Big Ten teams. Okay, now that's that's saying a mouthful, right? The other thing he said is they they haven't felt this good about their defensive line since the late '90s when they won the na- national title. Depth and talent, so they'll be hard to run against. Um, and you know that's what it's all. That's largely what it's all about. So they're yeah they're loaded up. The only thing they don't they're not really they don't have a big time receiver, and I think they got they're they're a little short at one corner, but but it's hard to find really glaring weaknesses. Ohio State, you wonder about the quarterback. For the last three years, they haven't played the kind of defense. They haven't played championship level defense, um, and now they might have to 
now they might have to because it could take the offense a little bit to get going. But on the other hand, Sean, is there a better player in the country than Marvin Harrison Jr.? I don't know if there is. He might be the best player in the country. And I will say, like, the timing of when they play Michigan, it's going to be cold and rugged. And that plays into the style of Michigan. Well, it's probably now, what Michigan does it. If they played that game in, like, September, yeah. it might be a different type of game. different, yeah. And Michigan may not be as equipped. Mm -hmm. But when you – I mean, when you're playing on Thanksgiving Saturday, I mean yeah. – You've seen it the last two. It's Michigan ugly. just bullies them. They just yeah. play bully ball. I mean – Come on, that's that's probably the whole idea with, with what our Harbaugh's doing. He there. builds it up for that weekend, uh -huh. and then, I mean their non-conference schedule is a joke. Michigan, Michigan's playing like practically Division two teams in the non-conference. Oh, I think they, yeah, they are no Power Fives. They're they're playing. I think they're playing East Carolina on Peacock, on Pe on the Peacock Network, which it'd be like Nebraska playing a game that's not on network TV. You got you got to stream it. People would be. I mean, it's going to happen, by the way. That will happen eventually in the Big Ten because the Peacock gets some games. Okay, what? Well, yeah, East Carolina is on Peacock. East Thank Carolina, you, UNLV, Bowling Green. That's great. That's just one. I mean, that that is – and it's funny. Somebody will ask Carball at Media Days about their non-conference schedule, and he'll just be, yeah, you bet. Yep. Like, he won't even, like, go into it. I mean, the one defense he would have – The East Division. No, that. That's, what, that's a defense. Another defense would be, oh – if I was Harbaugh, I might say, you guys always talk about parody in college football, how everybody's getting pretty good. Well, what are you saying? Are, are, are you saying are you saying these teams aren't good or or are they good? I mean, I think the one thing, too, is it's a huge advantage because, like, look how many players they'll develop those first three weeks. Remember last year? they went. Was it last year they went into the season? They didn't know who their quarterback was, so they just said, "We'll take the first three games and determine who our quarterback is." Yeah, <laughs> not many. You don't. Not many teams have that luck. Just that, that. I mean, think about the fall of Nebraska when they were really good. Those types of games, they'd play a hundred and some guys a oh, game, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I mean, you'd just be trying to like keep the the guy doing the participation chart had the hardest job in the stadium. Advantage though, you get an advantage because then that. the players know how to play. All right, let's. We we went overtime here on. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us line one headline two big 10 that? media uh, the big 10 has announced the 42 participants that will take part in big 10 media days um in a couple of weeks um that will be july 26th and july 27th at lucas oil stadium in indianapolis nebraska is day two and the huskers will have ethan piper luke reimer jeff sims as their three players there um you know, Sip, we'll, we'll get to hear from a lot of other top players on that second day. Blake Corum uh, from Michigan uh, will be at that day. Chris Altman Bell, by the way, another guy, a seventh year player back from Minnesota. <laughs> seventh year? Is he seventh, seventh year? Seventh year. That's a little ridiculous. Yeah, they call him the law firm, his last name, Altman yeah. Bell. Well, the law firm uh, is going to probably leave Minnesota with a, a law degree. Um, yeah. Hey, Purdue taking a transfer as well. Hudson Card. Okay. Quarterback. So, that like will, like Nebraska taking a transfer quarterback, the quarterback position. Wisconsin's taking a transfer too. Tanner Mordecai. Yeah. See, here's the thing with the quarterback. 
it's such a, I mean, I'm not breaking any ground here, but it's, it's such a gigantic position. And if you, if you have a, if you have a player, a transfer who's established himself as a clear cut starter, it makes a lot of sense. Tanner Lee did it. Remember Tanner Lee, he was the represent representative for Nebraska at, at media days. So there's some coaches that don't like doing that though. Mm -hmm. Like, in this day and age, though, it makes I don't think sense. For, like last year, Frost, they didn't consider Trey Palmer or Casey Thompson or O'Shawn Mathis to go. Hmm. Now, O'Shawn got there late. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a part of the um, the spring. Mm -hmm. But you kind of knew that Casey Thompson was going to be your quarterback, mm -hmm. but they, they chose to bring Volkolek, Quentin Newsom, Garrett, Garrett Nelson yeah. a year ago. And That's interesting. So there's different – I mean, like – there's approaches where coaches like, hey, I'm just going to take the three most boring guys, and I don't want them to say anything. Sims makes sense. Oh, for sure. A, a veteran guy who's who's played, at, you know, he played at Georgia Tech, started a lot of games, and he's the defined number one. It it makes a he'll lot promote of sense. your program the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, Reimer has led the team. Luke has led the team in tackles by a long way the last two years, and in fact. He will most likely end up as, and this startles people. He'll end up as Nebraska's third all-time leading tackler if he goes at his current pace. Third all-time. Barrett Root and Jerry Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Yeah, your friend Jerry. Because Levante only played two years. Right. So yeah, I mean Luke Reimer makes a ton of sense. Um, Can and you I imagine? thought he was their best player. I thought he was their best defensive player last year. Not only did he lead the team in tackles, I just thought he was their best player sideline to sideline. Can you imagine if um, Levante David played her four years? Oh, he would. Yeah, he would have had five hundred tackles. Yeah, he would have had a lot. And then uh, now the one that people that raised their eyebrows was Ethan Piper. That's a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I just think because there's a lot of linemen that played more than him, mm -hmm. but it makes you wonder. Like, where's Corcoran at in the discussion? I get why Prohaska didn't come. If Prohaska would have played a full year healthy and looked good last year, he might have been the choice. Mm -hmm. Um, but hey, Piper's an older fifth-year player in the program. He 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 looked good run blocking toward the end of last year. I thought he was a pretty good run blocker toward the end of last year. And what I really appreciated about him, and this is goes forgotten by most people, and I don't even remember. It was late in the season, and you know the offensive line obviously endured heavy criticism from the media, from fans, from everybody. But Piper came up to that press luncheon and took questions took the bullets took the bullets and he took them really he handled it really well and he did it out of a sense of obligation and i i always thought that always was striking to me turner corcoran did a lot of that too but piper did it late last season after a i think there were some weeks where there wasn't representation and i was i was kind of surprised when he walked in the room um because it wasn't going to be all that pleasant but he handled it exceptionally well. So the other thing too, Tony Batiti will speak day one for a 30 minutes in the opening at, at address. Big Ten yeah. Days. Uh, Wednesday at 10 30, um, which is nine 30 central time. Tony Batiti will take the stage um, to open things up. Remember last year when frost like went before. Yeah. It was like a more like, because Nebraska had to open up camp to get ready for Ireland. Nebraska did their media days before it even like started. No opening statement. That was the big controversy. Oh God, that remember that? No opening statement. I mean, he was just in kind of one of those funks where, you know, no matter what he did, it was gonna like come off wrong. Like 
Because if you if we you don't was, have to renew that debate, but no. I was on the side of I didn't really it didn't really no. bother me. It didn't but bother me. If he was too positive, people said, "Why are you so positive?" If you were negative, I mean, the, it was a, it was just in a bad place. It was it was very Nebraska ish that it became a a, a hot debate. I'm <laughs> just like, okay, really, he didn't make an opening statement. Does it matter that much? It's, there was a part of me that kind of appreciated. You better believe his boss. Now, the, the boss didn't like it. Yeah, the boss did not. The boss wanted an open state. Right. Yeah. And, and not all bosses would care, but this boss doesn't. Now, fine. Matt Rule, he'll have an open I mean, you, you, you're going to think we're at like some mega church in Dallas. Like he'll come off the stage with the, I mean, he'll, he'll, oh, it'll be, it'll be impressive. It, it will be like, yeah. you, you know, Coach Rule will be, I mean, it will be the best opening statement we've seen from a Nebraska coach without a doubt. Right. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the best opening statement of the two day session. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, like Harbaugh is brutal. Harbaugh also does not give opening statements. He doesn't. No, he, he just is. He might say one sentence. See, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, I don't know that it's a poor reflection on anything. It just is what it is. I mean, nobody cares that Harbaugh doesn't make a grand statement because he's winning a lot of games. Or Saban. Right. Now, I don't know what Saban does. But it just, I know, I mean, I might take some fire for that. I'm not really defending Frost. I'm just saying any coach, it doesn't bother me. Just let's just go to questions. It's sort of appealing to me. Let's just go to questions, guys. And media days is different now. Like you get that 15-minute made-for-TV portion. Yeah. And then there's another portion where you get like 45 minutes. That's the other thing that I don't think people understand. Frost knew that he – he was going to no. He, he had already completed his 45 minute. Interact. Okay. See, and that even absolves him a little more in my opinion. He had already done. Yeah. He already done his big session with the media. So maybe what are we doing here? Sean, we're debating this. Um, he, he probably thought, why do I need to make an opening statement? I just talked to these people for 45 minutes. So that's where I come. Down. Yeah. It's, and you get 45 minutes with the head coach. Anyway, uh, at the media days, I always you know, in that upfront part now, too, it's kind of turned into a show where like you get like student reporters, not like as main, main up front, not yeah, not as mainstream where, you know, like somebody like, coach, what is your favorite color? You know, like, I mean, yeah, you it's, get some grandstanding, too. Right? Yeah. And you, you get people that just want to, like, make the thing about them when they, they that's ask. What the I mean. yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. And they, they come out with this long, this is so-and-so from the Wall Street Journal. And yeah. I've got like this long 25-minute question, and I want you to agree with me. Right. I mean. <laughs> so yeah. what we're talking about is July 26th and July 27th, we're going to Indy. Thank God we're not going to Chicago. Um, <laughs> the, sorry. But I, I, I don't even know if I'd go to Chicago, Sean. I might just. That might be one of the reasons why it's not in Chicago anymore. Uh-huh. There'd be guys who. There'd be people that would be hesitant to go. But anyway, it's in Indy, um, and we'll be there, and there'll be a lot to talk about. All right. I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to writing about Sims, um, and that'll be fun. Headline number three, let's talk Northwestern. Okay. Uh, they will be at Big Ten Media Days, um, but they don't have a head coach right now, and uh, they have a defensive coordinator. It's a liaison. His name is Braun from North Dakota State. But it's a mess. and oh, It's a colossal mess. I mean, they haven't had a press conference yet. No. They've had some player meetings. I'll give you an example of a mess. You want, you want an example? I don't think you've known this. I just saw it today. There's six faculty members that have written to Michael Schill, the president, Derek Gregg, the AD, six tenured faculty members at Northwestern have 
have suggested, Sean, that they stop all planning and all marketing of the renovate uh, renovation of a for a new stadium. It's a, they're calling it a renovation, by the way, a rebuilding of the stadium. The, the plan is to build a thirty-five thousand seat stadium. That's eight hundred million dollars. Eight hundred million. So now, Sean, the faculty, six tenured members, are calling for for all of those plans to stop until until the football program, the AD, the athletic department shows that the football program is under control. What I would say though, back is the Ryan family is paying the money. So like those faculty members don't have the authority to tell the Ryan family not to give that money. They're just raising hell. But I mean, so we're going to get into who is a legit candidate. Now, this is what I'm going to say about this. Who is a legit candidate? It's someone who can pull people together, number one, because you're going to have a lot of friction. You're going to have a lot of people coming from different sides on this. You're going to have a Fitzgerald faction. You're going to have a faction. Well, I mean, the media is what I've noticed in the Chicago media is they're very anti-Fitz now, right now. But they weren't before. I don't know, but I don't know the dynamics so much. Not You're probably right. I mean, Fitz, they, people loved Fitzgerald. Yeah. Well, and there's anyway you're going to have to have a forceful i think a forceful veteran coach a presence that number one can pull things together i don't think you hire a guy who's never done it before not in this case i don't mind that in a lot of cases hiring somebody that doesn't have coaching head coach like ryan walters to yeah. purdue i mean yeah. but the big 10 really right now as a league is at a point where they shouldn't have to hire coordinators as head yeah, I'm not big on the Walters hire, by the way, but I don't think you can make that sort of hire at Northwestern at all right now. Not with everything going on, not with the, the, that kind of movement on campus. Well, and I mentioned, as we mentioned, the Chicago, the Chicago Tribune raised the question of whether they should just cease playing football. There's I'm a, telling you. I know that's just, that is just way out there. It just raised the question. I mean, they're in a position to get $100 million a year from the Big Ten. Their ticket revenue is minimal compared to what these Big Ten – I mean, it's gotten to that way with Nebraska. Yeah, ticket revenue in Nebraska is a big deal. But uh -huh. the media rights payout is a significantly larger piece of money now. So you hear like someone – I mean, it was someone raised the possibility of Ed Orgeron. No, come on. Come on. It just – there's no – it just doesn't fit at all. He's I, not, Chicago. I can't even do my order. Yeah. Right he's now. not going to galvanize the camp, the campus of Northwestern university. Where's a gumbo. They're not bringing, it's not, this isn't about bringing in a head coach that can get them a national title. No. That's not what this is about. Okay. You see what I'm saying? You, yeah. If, if, um, Texas A&M fires Jimbo. Yeah. I, you, maybe you look at Ed Orgeron at Texas A&M where you, where they're trying to win a national title. That's not what this is about. What do, I mean, what, okay, like there's just people out there like Willie Fritz. That, that that makes sense. The Tulane guy. That makes sense. You know, he's going from a private school to a private school. He's had massive success. And, you know, the massive. It's like if you're Willie Fritz, you're going to get opportunities maybe like Mississippi State. Yeah, I just don't know if they can get someone like Willie Fritz at Northwestern, Sean. That's going to be the trick. There's, there's going to be a lot of good candidates to say, why would I take that? Why would Willie Fritz take that job? Well, what type of SEC 
our Big 12 job, our ACC job, would he get? A better job than that. Would you take like Mississippi State? In, yeah, in the context, would you, would you? in the context Over of the this tire fire, well, I mean, come on, would you take Mississippi State over Northwestern? Yes, every have day. Have you ever been week. to Starkville? I like, don't care. I've been to Evanston. That's just about as bad. I, 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 um, that, yeah, yeah. And you know what I'm talking about. Come on, no. Yes, you take Mississippi State. You take any SEC job outside of because, like, you know, yeah, like there's people like him and Trailer at Texas San Antonio. This is a tire fire, Sean. Like the perfect type of candidate, and th this is a dream name, but like a Tony Dungy type guy. Yeah, that's like, a dream. David Shaw. David Shaw. A strong minority coach that has patience, reputation, mm -hmm. like somebody that could handle this. 100%. That's the kind, and Shaw would fit that. Shaw would fit it. And like, I'm Tony Dungy's not. It's a dream. Take it. That's a dream, but like, yeah. that would be like the whole perfect. Bronco Mendenhall, in some ways, would make sense. Right. How about okay? This is real. Bob Stoops. Yeah. Lives in Chicago. Has a place on Michigan Avenue. Oh God, that would be a dream. That's a dream. Hire. That's, but like, but that's what I'm talking about. You Someone come like there that. and say, Bob, we know we're gonna suck. Yeah. Just make us not so sucky. Yeah, he ain't gonna do it. And we'll pay you seven million. Yeah. The, the the question will be, can they can they get somebody desirable who won't just say no? I'm not doing. You it. You know what though? The Stoops might be. I mean, they're Youngstown. I mean, they might be a little too gruff for what yeah. North, I mean, Northwestern's that's why I go to the Tony Dungy type guy. Right. Like, I don't think they want a Columbus, Steve Sipple, South Omaha, Sean Callahan. Oh. They, they, they want a kind of a more sophisticated style of coach. Stoops can polish it up. He can't, but like, could the people we bring with them with it? What? About, okay. Here's another one. Okay. Tell me about this one. Jay Norvell. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I think he'd be a good fit. I, I like it. I, I, now that's an interesting because Jay probably wants the Iowa job. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure he wanted the Michigan State. I mean, if something happened at Mel Tucker, could he be Michigan yeah, State? His dad, his dad, Jay's dad was a former Michigan State AD. AD, and Jay played at Iowa. I mean, those are jobs he's probably eyeballing. If he can't ever get one of those jobs, and you get a Big Ten job with very low expectations, would Jay Norvell be a name at Northwestern? It should be. It should. I mean, yeah. I think he'd be a great fit there. If he'd want to take that on. That's the question. Jay might see this and like sip on Callahan. You guys are crazy. No, no, I don't think he would. I mean, he, it would make some sense. It's just, is Jay thinking, why do I need to walk into that? That's, that's his what name hasn't face. been mentioned, but I think he is a guy to consider. He fits some of the things that you would want there. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, I think he could handle a lot of it again. Sean, I ask you the question, can you get a desirable head coach who will, can you get somebody to even listen to you? You know, the, my concern, if I was taking that job are the transfer guidelines, <laughs> so that's a concern like, okay. And in, in a given high school, like if you went to Columbus high or gross high, where we went, there might be one or two kids in your senior class that could get into Northwestern. <laughs> I think you might be selling Columbus a little short here, Sean, but I get your point. No, I'm not. I mean, it's really hard to get to Northwestern. That's what I'm trying. It's one of the top 10 schools in the country. Columbus is quite an academic institution. Okay, you. How many people do you know that went to Northwestern from Columbus? Well, I would say I, in my circle of friends, I can think of three guys off the top that could have gotten in there because because two of them are Ivy Leaguers. Um. So I. But yeah, that's over a long period of time. Yeah, I get your point. I get your point. Now the other the other issue. There's an issue here. 
is following this godlike figure in Pat Fitzgerald, who who was sent. He was lionized there. I mean, he was an incredible player for Northwestern, incredible linebacker, and and look at him. I mean, just look at the photos. I mean, he's he ascended to this incredible. I, I love that picture. This incredibly exalted status. So now somebody's got to follow in that. Fitzgerald was Northwestern football, right? You're not going to get that guy, I don't think. Well, and how much does the job change? Think about this. What if the Ryan family just pulls out? Uh, yeah. Then, 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 then the job really changes. I would like to think the Ryan family wouldn't do that. That it's that this is about Northwestern athletics. It's they're about extremely close to Fitz, though. Uh -huh. And you know, yeah. what if they're on the side of Fitz that they feel like he got a raw deal? He didn't get a raw deal. Well, okay. What if the the president and the AD could end up losing their job over this too, though? Mm, could they? They're, yeah, Sugarland shared a post on our board. A Northwestern right? Insider shared some in, information about the job situation at Northwestern. Handled poorly by the president, but and why would the AD? The Ryan family has enough clout to like go after whoever they want. Why would the AD get zigged over this? It's I mean, not. I mean. Oh, there's going to be a lot of people that lose their job over this. Now, thing. why would the AD though? I mean, now you're going to say, well, because he presided Did over any this. players, but ever... he was only there. I think. I think Derek Gregg, the AD, had only been there one year. The president made a colossal error in initially, in initially coming with a two game or two weeks. He was like on vacation when they announced it. Too terrible look. Terrible look. So I, I, Michael Schill. Michael Schill's credibility as a leader is compromised for sure, but I'm not sure the ADs is. We'll see, I mean, we'll, we'll see where all this goes, but the Ryan family and their financial stakes Northwestern, it's no different than T. Boone Pickens at Oklahoma State. They're that type of booster. Mm. They're, they're mm. not quite Phil Knight, but, I mean, how okay. many other people do you know that can build a school, a modern-day stadium? <laughs> not many. And a facility. I mean, Nebraska's got that kind of going with the Peds long term. I mean, their their commitment to Nebraska, but I, I, I I'm just going to go out and say I don't think it's nowhere near this level with what the Ryan's have done. Eight hundred million dollars. Eight hundred million dollars. That's amazing. All right, headline number four. You had a great interview, Steve, uh, with Nick Henrich. Story mm -hmm. on HuskerOnline.com. He was cleared two weeks ago mm -hmm. from that brutal knee injury he suffered out at Purdue, um, getting himself back. Um, they also have the big road race this weekend uh, to raise money for pediatric brain cancer in Team Jack. It's been a ongoing summer tradition yeah. started by Nebraska's Player Council, and Nick Henrich spoke to you about that. Yeah, it's the 11th annual now. It's, this road race has be, become almost like a program tradition. And it, it's interesting talking to someone like Nick. He's pretty convincing that <clears> – <throat> He looks forward to it. I mean, this is a highlight for him. And he says it's the same way pretty much across the team. He says it's unique in that it's not an autograph session. There's no boundaries. You're just, he says you're just, you're talking to the fans. You're visiting with fans. And, and it's like, a, it, it, it just feels like community. You know how autograph sessions are, or even fan day. It, there's sort of a natural barrier, right? Well, there's no barrier in this case. So and and of course, he's very in tune with the cause, which is all proceeds go to to as you mentioned pediatric brain cancer research. Um, so yeah, and then also the, the the part of it with Nick, couple couple things. 
he pushes a guy in a wheelchair named Andrew, a friend of his, Andrew, who was who had a brain tumor at age five. Now he's in his 30s. So it's a story of inspiration, and it's it's very inspiring to Nick. Nick, by the way, as you mentioned, cleared two weeks ago. Now he's he's really, really enthusiastic about the start of camp because he's going to fight for a starting position. And he'll have to fight for a starting position because – you know, there's now they got now they have some players that have risen up. MJ Sherman, Bullock, um, of course, Rhymer's there. So I don't know, they have some depth at the inside linebacker spot, um, which they haven't always had here in recent years. Yeah, that that how he comes back from this injury, because that knee injury doesn't strike me as something that he's just gonna be back at a hundred percent cutting in full speed he's, he said you know he says he's been cutting for some time and we'll see on that it was a rough one it was an acl it was a tough one and he's had he's had some injury issues over his career so i think the bottom line they need to figure out a way to rotate better yeah like you can't expect nick henrich to play 60 snaps a game this year I, yeah and i don't think you'll have to i don't think and hopefully to. john bullock the way they move mj sherman around the way they can move jamari those are the four jamari, i think, well, I think jamari butler well, how much inside would Bar Butler play? Well, I'm going to go back to the annoying answer we got all. They, they play all positions. Okay. They're going to move guys around. And yeah. it's really, really hard to like just label this team right now because I do think there's a lot There's a lot of position versatility. Yeah. And Tony White is going to find matchups and move guys around. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You don't want to get – you sure don't want to get locked into arguments about who's playing what because there, there are guys going to move around. Can't forget Snodgrass, um, but you know those are the principles. He was hurt for the spring, though, right? Yeah, Snodgrass. So it's hard to really know his role and mm -hmm. where he'll fit. John Bullock, MJ Sherman, Nick Henderson, Reimer, um, and I'm not saying in order. Those are your principles. Those All right, principles. Let's close it out with headline number five, and we're we're we got a lot of stuff here. We're just going to call this one odds and ends. Okay. Um, I got three things I want to hit on here in our odds and ends headline. Number one, Omaha has announced officially now their their new pro volleyball team. And Diane Mendenhall, who used to work for the university, was running and managing the Lincoln Community Foundation um, and, and their fundraising efforts, um, is now the president of this new pro volleyball team that will take place in, in Omaha. They're going to play at the CHI Center. I'll be darned. I mean, they're not playing at like a high school or a Ralston Arena. I mean, they're playing in the CHI Center. Would you be surprised at all if this team draws well? It's all about quality of play and who they get. Yeah, who they get. Yeah, names, you know, name players and quality of play. Jimmy Burrow's involved in this, Joe Burrow's involved in this. Um, I don't know if you'd call them the ownership group. Maybe you, maybe you would, but they're they're heavily involved. I look at it like I look at spring football, Sean. Spring football in this country, I don't think it works very well because the quality of play. It's the, not the bad across play. the board. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's not bad across the board, but you can't. The quarterback situations are rough, and that's what I mean when you turn on a game. And in the first four plays, you see two bad passes, and you see an offense that has a hard time operating because the quarterback's not very good. You're not gonna, your chances are you're not going to watch that game very closely, right? So what's the quality of play look like? That's, that's 
that's what it comes down to for me. Yeah, and, and the the roster, as far as like former Huskers, the one notable name on there is Gina Mancuso. Okay. So you'll have one um nobody Hus- else. Come on, Sean. Well, would you recognize them if they were some international players? <laughs> I mean, these are really, really good players from around the world. Um, I took a shot at your lack of volleyball. Nia knowledge. Reed from Penn State. Yeah, don't act like you know who she yeah. is. <laughs> Sydney Hilly from Wisconsin's on the on the team here in so Omaha. I sort of do recognize Lindsay Vanderwide or Whitey from Oregon. Okay. Kendall White from Penn State. Okay. Now Abby was up here yesterday looking over the roster with me, and she perked up Daniel Hart from Wisconsin, Tori Dixon from Minnesota, um, the Baylor player on the roster. So one Husker player on this team right now. See, I, right away, wouldn't you say it would? it would be better for the Nebraska team to have a few more Nebraska players. I think so. And it's it, the way that pro volleyball works mm-hmm. around the world are they pay these players a lot. Like Jordan Larson was making like $750,000 to play like in Russia or somewhere, you know, or pretty bo- good number and they're government funded because there's no, they don't have like the TV money and the ticket revenue to really pay that salary. So like a lot of these countries, pay the that, that that's why the WNBA players go overseas to play because the governments fund these leagues okay. to get those players there some good knowledge you so you, you make like three or four times the salary overseas playing than you would in the states because these leagues in Poland or wherever you're at are government funded you're dropping some karch karai information on me over there well it's the same I mean women's sports like women's sports in general like that WNBA players have to they play here, but they make five times the money overseas. Mm-hmm. And also those girls will play two seasons. Interesting. And it'll be interesting. Can this league make it where volleyball players don't have to play in overseas and in the States? Like what will the salaries be for these girls? Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Let's move it around the horn. Yeah, whip it around, Sean. Number two, big 12 media days. So the first, happening. first one's going on. We got the BYU angle. Um, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and now who's the fourth one? Houston, Houston. Sean. Gosh darn it, Houston. Houston, fourth four team um, joining the Big Big Twelve. I'm fascinated by the Big Twelve this year. I am too. Just to see how it plays out. Right? How many members do they have right now? Um, Fourteen. You got it. So Texas and Oklahoma will leave the premises after this year. Texas is favored. Um, Sarkeesian says this is the first team. He's 13 and 12 there, Steve Sarkeesian. But he says, this is my team now. This is a team that walks like I want it to walk, talks like I want it to talk, practices like I want it to practice, moves like I want it to move. This is my team. That's kind of dangerous to say, though. Why is that? Because then if it goes bad. It's your team. (laughs) It's your team. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Texas is picked to win it. Kansas State's number two. Brett Yormark spoke to the media yesterday. He did not. He was not illuminating on expansion except to say they have a plan. He says, we have a plan. Don't know what the plan is. Um, I, he, he, did, he said that we're not fixated on a number. Again, they're at 14 now. It'll be when, 12 next year. When, when they go away, it's 12. He had previously said 14 is a good number, then he's backed off on that. He just – Brett Yormark said – the number is the right number is when everybody's feels good and it's profitable for everybody and everybody's in a good spot. That's the right number. It'll go up. I think their dream 
is to get Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, mm -hmm. and that would bring them back to 16. Yeah, I think that that's a lot. Listen, there's been a lot of speculation about that. That's that's the that's the yeah that that solidifies them. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the plan he's referring to. That makes the most sense, right? But man, this Pac-12 media deal, like, okay. And then what I'm reading yesterday about that, the Pac-12 media deal, which is not, you know, it's not finalized. It's, it seems like they've pushed past deadline after deadline. Wait two weeks. Yeah, and and I know on this show previously, maybe last week, I said, Sean, I think they'll announce it on July 21 during the Pac-12 media days. Now they're saying it may not be. There may not be an announcement then. So. Now, if the pack, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Remember just, during COVID, every 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 moment was like, wait two weeks, yeah. wait two weeks. That that's the Pac-12 media day. It's the Seems wait like two it. weeks deal. <laughs> Give us two more weeks. Don't bring back. Don't bring up. <laughs> you, I should have brought a snack pack for you from Northwestern. <laughs> I, I bet I bet those will be cut from the budget. Those professors are going to cut your snack pack from the press box. <laughs> God only knows what we'll be doing. But I, um, yeah, it's pretty, I mean, no, I'm with you on the Big 12. And your mark said, this is what he said, Sean. He said the Big 12 has never been in a better position. I'm like, wait a second, really? It's, I mean, Nebraska, like, they obviously are in the Big 10. They're not leaving the Big 10. No, but there's so much about the Big 12 they'd be a, probably a better fit with. No doubt. I mean, Other I, than the money. I mean, listen, I always, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. They're now you tell me if I'm wrong on this, but they're just a much better cultural fit. So Nebraska wants to be in a league where they're the big dog on the block, mm -hmm. where when they walk into the meeting room, people, oh, that's Nebraska. And the, they, they don't get that in the Big Ten. No, they don't. They get told to shut up and sit down. Pretty much. Unfortunately. And that's the way it is. You know, if they were still in the Big 12, they would have a they would pretty much control the room right now. I, I wonder. I don't know that. Well, but who would control it over? I don't well, they'd have to win. They now you're assuming they're winning. The financial numbers and television ratings. Yeah. That that's that's where they're winning still. Oh Sean, I'm not gonna I mean here's a deal. I would love for them to still be in the Big 12. All right. But this is this is a money discussion as you said. I guess you might also say it's an academic academic prestige discussion. Right. Um, it's it's those two things. But it's, in terms of fit, I think we've learned that Nebraska is a much better fit in the Big Twelve. COVID showed us that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nebraska was the only team that wanted to play football. Were they the only one? No, they weren't the only one. Ryan Day wanted to play. And Ryan Day. Ryan Day wanted to play. And they got just torched. I for, think there were other coaches that wanted to play too. By but, the way. The political landscape of I think the president the what was going on yeah. at that time with just the political climate of the country. Sean, I think you could have found some coaches that wanted to play who were muted by their superior. like Barry Alvarez always struck me like how he had to like toe the line that muted by superior. We're in a pandemic. Remember, like remember he was on that like people were trying to press him about not playing and he like raised his voice. We're in a pandemic. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where Barry came down on it, but I guarantee you there's more than two coaches. It wasn't just Frost and Day that wanted to play. Iowa I wanted, and Iowa wanted to play too. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think Penn State wanted to play. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate any further. I just know there's. But it was a deal where back then, where like if your kids weren't around training, you didn't want to play. Like Michigan State, I went on show. Like they did not want to play mm -hmm. that year. They weren't ready. No, I mean. They had a new coach that didn't even get a spring. Right. 
yeah, they were in a they were in a tough situation. It's funny to think about it now. Like, wouldn't would Scott Frost have been better off if Nebraska just didn't play in twenty twenty? I mean, no, I don't know. Nobody, nobody knows. But like, when you think about the damage twenty twenty did, it caused Wandell Robinson to leave. The players voted not to go to a bowl game. Like that it was whole a rough year. I mean, it was rough. Oh, it was god awful. His father passed away yeah. leading up to that season. <laughs> they want to play football, but when it was all said and done, was at the right. I don't know. Without don't... the fans involved, I felt it was different. When you didn't have fans at Nebraska, like that took away the heartbeat of it all. Nebraska is about the fans in that 2020 year. And we're way off topic, by the way, which I think hopefully people enjoy. I I don't want to sound like a snowflake, but that season was god awful. I'm glad for the the players that they got to play because there was some fun times, right? When they beat Penn State at in Lincoln, there was there was ungodly joy. I mean, they were that's a really happy team. They go out to Rutgers and win. I think by by that, you know, it was pretty clear that at least half the team was just like, "This is enough. This is enough." You know, I'll after, never forget after they got after they played Rutgers. I'll never forget leaving New York City the next morning. It, was, it would have been. Saturday morning. Yeah, it was a Saturday morning. The show. number of people just trying to get the hell out of New York. Like the airport was packed. <laughs> I don't remember that, but you're probably right. At yeah. Newark Airport. Yeah. Why? Why? For the holidays yeah. and the COVID restrictions that were, you know, you, yeah. you couldn't even go to a, re- you couldn't go anywhere in New York. No, it was awful. Remember the hotel we stayed in? You had to like, you couldn't order. There was no, there was no wait staff. There's no waiters no. or waitresses. And you had to sign in to work out. Like they had to like walk you in the workout room and you had to sign in. And I mean, it was, it was, it felt like you were like hostage at I this s- hotel. I still back to the weird COVID things we dealt with. Like you had to get a temperature check for every game. And to this day, I want to know Stop. one person that nailed somebody on a temperature check. Oh, we got one. He can't come in. So strange. I mean, let's think about like, they checked our temperature. Like that was going to like stop us from covering the game. Yeah. We better, we better. Right, we're we're way off the track. <laughs> Let's get back on. Um, yeah. Final thought here in our odds and ends uh-huh. segment. How about Jeff Sims mm-hmm. landing a big John Deere deal with acre acre. Yeah. Acres equipment. Yeah. And they sell new and used John Deere equipment. Um, yeah. It's good for him. And, a, and, I, and I like the acre support in the program to confirm that this is not a, a deal like that was set up by the collective, like the 1890 initiative, you know, didn't like orchestrate this. Like I think they helped Jeff Sims get the meeting, Mm -hmm. but this is like a separate deal. So you can have your deals with the collective, but you're able to do these things. And I think in the spirit of what we thought NIL was going to be, this is what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like we thought it was going to be, this would be cool. Jeff Sims is going to be on a tractor. You know, we haven't seen a lot of this though. No. Cause it's, it costs a lot of money and it costs who a lot of money companies yeah, to pay athletes to, yeah, um, to do these things. And there's risk. Mm-hmm. Like anytime you put your brand on the hands of a 20 year old kid, mm-hmm. you're right. A lot of things can go wrong. I mean, I think they, they probably have to vet that pretty close. Like you make one wrong tweet, one wrong post. Mm-hmm. You get arrested, you get a DUI. Yeah. I mean, all, then all of a sudden this, this becomes like, a bad deal for a company's brand so it could yeah what well, it would it would yeah. and it couldn't wouldn't could it would <laughs> okay Sean. no you're you don't always have to try to disagree with me to create well, i don't want to go too far uh, but i'm it. saying it'd be bad for a company if a guy got in trouble yeah 
per acre. So, you, I mean, but you, you see it like volleyball, like Alley Baton Horse has got a big one of like Midwest Bank. Mm-hmm. A lot of the girls have Scooter's Coffee from the volleyball team. But it's not as prevalent as you thought, right? These 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 marketing deals are very public, right? Right. You have to be a very top one percenter to get those. And we didn't. We thought it would be a little different, right? You know, like Elliot Brown's an interesting case study because he has the highest valuation on on three because he has the largest followings on TikTok, TikTok and one of the larger Instagram followings. Elliot Brown, son of Lance Brown, and a lot of his follower boost became with a friendship he had with JoJo Siwa, who was a, you know, big time pop star ten years ago, eight years ago, still involved, um, but. She did some TikToks of them, and his following number just skyrocketed. Um, so he's kind of benefited off that early, but he does a lot of his own content, and you'll see him do kind of endorsement videos and stuff on his own. Right? And is that right? He's kind of side hustled his own, and he's never played a down of significance for Nebraska, but he's been able to take that and side hustle it to a little bit of stuff. Good for him. Good for him. And he is. I would say he's in the top five or so in, in the kickoff return group. I don't know if he's doing punt return, but he was doing kickoff return. And he was in the top five, guys. Like, he didn't get to um, dress out in fall camp last year, though. He was there watching. He got to go to Ireland. He gave the speech in the park that day. Oh, God. Because the other players, you know, he, he was there. But, yeah. The, I missed the big speech. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you got going this week? Anything? Just work. I mean. I'm going write, to Wichita, baby. I know. I gotta write. I gotta write columns. Um, so yeah, I'm just. I'm Saturday. I gotta write. Um, I don't know. I don't got a big weekend plan. It feels like it's all on. So now. I'm taking off here on Friday to You're go going to, Wich- to Wichita. Wichita for the Kansas Cornhusker annual picnic. You might. I'm, and I think Sounds I'm going like to get you for duty. next year. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a great event. About two hundred people, and you're um, gonna speak to the people. Speak on Saturday, come to, back Saturday night at a picnic. So my main order of business here Friday is figuring out where I'm gonna eat Friday night, <laughs> and then I'm gonna work on the book. And it I'm, can't be that hard. No, I mean, yeah, you want to get it right though. <laughs> yeah, are you looking at barbecue, steak places, steak places? Okay, why? Well, well, how about barbecue? How about a Mexican place? How about a little? <laughs> We're going to save that one for Indianapolis. Oh, we are. What's the place? You don't know the name of the place, though. I can't remember it either. Um, it was really good. It though. wasn't Toro or Matador. Or, <laughs> that was your other ones. Those, those were your other ones. Yeah, I can't remember, but it was really good. And you got on me because I ordered two margaritas, and I think they're $20. They're $20 each. a piece. Yeah. <laughs> you you just started working for us back then. <laughs> but. I will be in Wichita. Looking forward to that. See the Kansas Cornhuskers. Yeah. Uh, Sip will have his great column on Sunday. Obviously, if you're not on the site today, we have Tunnel Talk up right now. You want to read Tunnel Talk at HuskerOnline.com. It is our kind of in-depth, inside information news feature that we do every other week in the offseason. So make sure you get on Husker Online. Check that out. Also, like, follow, subscribe to us anywhere you can find podcasts. Like us here on the YouTube page. For Husker Online, I'm Sean Callahan.